It's the Speedway Show, an idea exchange empowering us to live well, live fully, and love deeply. And now, here's our host, Speedway. Well, hi there, and welcome to the Speedway Show. Our topic today is part of our two independent series, and it's entitled, It's Not Him, It's You. I can't seem to find the right guy. There is something wrong with every single one of them. Too short, too tall, too skinny, too fat, too self-absorbed, too stupid, too poor. One can never be too rich. But where is that guy? Why can't I find a guy who is funny, handsome, professional, has a great career, no bizarre past history, and no weird baggage. Are single women realistic in their expectations? Well, to help us with those questions is my returning guest, Dr. Antoinette Smith, author of the book, You Are More Than What Meets the Eye, The Independent Woman's Guide to Becoming Wifely Material. If you haven't picked up a copy of this fascinating book, you can get it from the posting for this or any of the two independent series on thespeewayshow.com. This book isn't only good for singles, but for married women trying to define their role as a successful wife. Some of you may be wives out there, but you may not be particularly good at it. Dr. Antoinette Smith. Welcome to the Speedway Show. Thank you, thank you. How are you? For those of our listeners, oh, I'm doing very well. It's a beautiful day in Minnesota. I can't complain. It's um, sort of winding down summertime, so I'm trying to spend as much time as possible out in the sun. How are you in your neck of the woods? Oh, the sunshine state. It's it's lovely. We're great. Must be nice to have all that sunshine. Summer most of the year. Oh, sweet. So for those of our listeners who haven't heard you speak to us before, share with us um, uh, how long you've been married. Sure. I am on my second marriage. So I have been married for a lovely one year and several months. I am mm-hmm. living with living some of the best years of my life. It's nice to have that someone who simply loves you, who knows you inside out, and, you know, simply love you for who you are, the person I've been looking for my entire life. And uh, how long was your first marriage? My first marriage, I married my high school, sorry, my high school sweetheart. And I want to say that was probably uh, the marriage itself was 10 years. You know, I, I do think it's important for people listening, especially single women, to recognize that there is life after divorce because there is, you know, so many of us, myself included, are divorced. My first marriage lasted for 13 years. And, um, you know, at the time that it ended, I was like, oh, my gosh, life is over. All my dreams, my hopes, my future, it's all gone. (laughs) (laughs) And as it turned out, that wasn't true at all. Not true at all. mm Mm-mm. So it's 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 encouraging to hear you say that you are now living the best years of your life. That's very heartening and inspiring. 
So speaking of inspiration, what inspired you to write this book, You Are More Than What Meets the Eye, The Independent Woman's Guide to Becoming Wifely Material? Oh, boy. I was inspired to help other women. So that was the foundation for why I wrote the book. There is nothing out there that targeted the woman who is similar to myself. And that is when you have so many good people around you, so many people telling you all the great things about you. And so it's really difficult to even understand that you may be in your own way. So I had to get out of my own way. I had to figure it out and and just see whether or not um, it was possible to have a great career and a wonderful, happy marriage and to find that man that was meant for me. So I wanted more for myself, and I needed to figure out just how to make it happen. So I wrote this book just because I wanted it to be. I wanted to be very transparent. I wanted other women to see my struggles, and I wanted them to know the the benefits that I have received. And I just wanted to give them a solution. This book suggests that there is much you can do to change not only your self perception but your perceptions about relationships and what realistic expectations are of the man in your life. Obviously, we're not going to cover all the clues, and I'm certainly not expecting you to provide a psychological or medical analysis, but what are some of the clues that a woman can look at to suggest that the challenge in her relationships might be her? Let's just, you know, put it on the table. I just believe the first order of change for anything, for anything that we want in our in our lives, is ourselves. So, from everything that you attract, for every person that you interact with, from everything that you birth, you are the first order of change. So, once you work on yourself and only look at yourself, you are taking full responsibility. When you take a good look at yourself and recognize that you have everything within you, everything within you, to get everything you ever wanted in life, the divine law of attraction comes in. So I just want everyone to know that they are their complete source. That's where it begins. Their happiness lies within them. So you don't want to wait for anyone to give you the the cues. Okay, you don't want to wait for anyone to tell you that anything is wrong with you. You must be self-motivated to just discover this for yourself. And, and how it helped me, what was the biggest eye-opener for me, was actually another book by Beth Moore. And the book talked about strongholds. And so there's so many things that uh, we can have strong that's holding us. Right, and, and and so what I mean by strongholds, these are things that may be pride, it may be anger, it may be um, just, you know, maybe you're you're thinking that you're better than someone. So mm-hmm. these are things that keep us, you know, away from something that may be great for us. So my answer to that is, I, you know, there's no set of uh, cues, what I call them, and, and cues are like red flags. So there's no, no nothing really that says that I can point, you know, to your listeners and say this is the problem with you. But I do in my book tell you how you can get to what 
the cues may be for you. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, maybe to your point, it's not so much what is wrong with you as much as it is are you attracting what you really want, right? Right. So if you are, um, and I'll give you, I'll give you my example. So I was sitting there complaining to the Lord one day when my marriage was falling apart, and you know I was so focused on that man. Did you hear what that man said to me today? And Lord, why don't you do something about that no good husband of mine? Because boy, I tell you, he was ugly today, and he said some evil things to me. And um, I felt like every every single time, you know, the the message that came, that kept coming back to me was, yes, yes, let's talk about you. And I was like, me? What did I do? And finally what I came to understand was that as long as I was the same, I would continue to either make the same choices in partners or I would continue to internalize my relationships in the same negative ways. So it wasn't so much that there was something wrong with me as much as it was that I didn't like the results I was getting. And in order to change the results I was getting, then I had to change my behaviors so that I could attract something different to myself. Um, That's a deep I have statement, not, Mary. You're you're absolutely correct. That's, you're, contract, you're correct. You're correct in where you have to. A lot of times when you know, and, and just to let you know, I was actually in the car today, mm-hmm. and I prayed in the car while driving. And my prayer went something like, "Dear Lord, what you know, remove anything in me that is hindering me from being a great wife, a great mother, a great professor, a great author. Allow me to reach other women so that I can help them grow." And I wasn't specific about what I really wanted out of me because I don't think that I know everything at this moment that needs to come out of me. So I wanted God to reveal those things in me. And this is just, you know, my thirst to continue to grow, to continue to explore myself and to become a a better person. Well, that's fair because I think for many people in our own minds, we are perfect in every way. Why? (laughs) What could there possibly be to change? (laughs) And sometimes it's fair to say that, you know, sometimes, you know, there are there are some things that you may find in a partner that may not be so wonderful, uh, or that may not be so compatible from your perspective. So by contrast, what are some clear uh, yes. So (laughs) what are some clear signs that might tell a woman when it's not her and maybe the issue is the choice that, that she needs to make? Oh, my goodness, your listeners are not going to appreciate this. But my response to that is, it is always her. And I have to say that because she is the only person that she can examine. She is the only person that is picking the individuals in her life. Unless you're from a different background, different nation, no one Mm -hmm. is forced into your life. You pick every... You pick the partner in your relationship. So it may be that you're picking the wrong person, or it may be that you have the wrong person, but you're not, something is going on that the dynamics between the two of you is not quite working. And I I believe, I'm, I'm talking to intelligent women. 
So I believe we need to look within ourselves and pull that power out that we have and just use it to our advantage. It's just that simple. There is not a single thing in this world that I have pointed at and said, I want that, and I have not figured out how to get it. So that's the same thing we have to do with the relationship. And if we're struggling in that area, then the only person that we can look at is us. And the only mindset that we can have is to just understand that we only have control over our thoughts. We only have control over us. So So it's always with us. Then is it fair to say that in any given romantic relationship, whether it goes well or not, there is always some element that is you? Always, 100%. It does take two. It it does mm-hmm. take two. I'm not denying that. But the only person that can change anything, you can only change what's in you. And what I found about when you change, when you grow, that person grows with you. They may not grow instantly, but you model the behavior that you want to receive. Ooh, and so guess okay. what? Uh, I don't know of anyone who runs from a, a positive relationship. So if they see that you're bringing love and positive, uh, you know, the whole positive energy to the relationship, I mean, even if they lose their mind and go the other direction, they have to come back to a place of love and peace because we all want that. So if you want it for yourself, then you have to model that. We we do that for our children. We We model good behavior. So I'm asking you to model what you expect from a man. You model, you show him. And I, I, I want to say I guarantee that you'll get that in return eventually. What if he is, uh, what if he's abusive? Would if he is abusive, well, well, that's a different situation. And it's okay. perhaps one I cannot speak on because I have never been the one to attract an abusive person. Um, I mm-hmm. think it depends if you are married to that person. Now, if you're married to that person, that's a whole different category um, because you you are committed to that person, and so you just want to take a different approach than if you were single. Now, if he is abusive and you are single, then my take on that is that you have no reason to be in that relationship, none whatsoever. And they have, you know, experts that are better than me who have women's shelters and and things of that nature. I have spoken to abusive women. I have seen women be abused. And to me, it always boils down to something within them. And, And they need to seek some type of counseling to see why is it that I'm still here, why am I selecting this person. And then from there, they can, once they expose why they made those choices, why they decided to stay. And, you know, they need to expose themselves, get at that pain and, and, and that seed and go ahead and heal that, you know, go through a healing process to be get, to become stronger. If I'm listening to this show and thinking, oh, my goodness, that's me, how do I even start to make changes that will alter my thinking if, for example, I have historically been overly critical and if I have been a fault finder whenever I get into a relationship, what do I do? Well, Speedway, believe it or not, it it could be a long process. So the quick way I explain in my book, I explain how you can go the quick way and you can go the long way. 
So let's just suppose, uh, you know, you're listening at this very moment and you want answers right now today. The quick way would be to text all your exes, okay, and just ask mm-hmm. them, list the five things you would like for me to change by, you know, change. Just list the five things, top five things you wish I would change about myself. You can also go to your closest girlfriends, right? Mm -hmm. But you're going to get the most truthful advice from men that you have dated. And the reason I say to text them is because this is not a face-to-face type of question. It is easier, research has shown that it's easier for people to give you feedback via technology So to give them a question like this, you may not get the the true answer if you try to meet with them face-to-face. And and you want to tell them them five. You know, hopefully they don't try to go past five, (laughs) and hopefully they have a hard time getting to five. But you want to say, give me five things. Yeah, so when you get the text with, like, five versions of the text, Continued, continued with 20 things, you can say, look, I only asked for five. <laughs> yes, exactly. You didn't have to go overboard. <laughs> yes. Yes, and then the well, okay, longer that, route that, that, would be, exactly, exactly. And I always say that, you know, you can go to your family members. You can just simply ask your mom. You can ask your sisters, your your siblings, cousins. You know, those people who are going to joke with you, but you know they are sincere and they're coming from a good place. Now, the long route may be uh, just simply, especially if you have insurance, just go mm-hmm. and, and sit with a relationship counselor. And, you know, you don't have to have a crisis in your life to go see a counselor. You can just simply, you know, schedule to have weekly visits, monthly visits, and just express the thoughts that are on your mind. So that's a longer route. Um, And also when you have my book, I take you through a series of questions. I take you through all the questions that I really had to ask myself. So you read the chapter and then you go through a series of questions just so, because every every woman is different. Every background is unique. So I let you get into your own closet and explore who you are. Mm-hmm. And actually, some of them were pretty thought-provoking, I must say, because as I went through the book, I'd, I'd read the book, and then I get to the questions, and I go, "Hmm, you know, I really need to think about that." Yes, um, there might be one. I just, I who, just, I have a session with my girlfriends, and one of you know, so we were all just sitting around, and I asked them, "Who taught you how to be a wife?" And five of us, five out of five. The answer was no one. No one. How about that? You know, and so our parents give us advice. They can demonstrate. But we don't go to class. We don't get a degree in being a wife. So, you know, we really have to do this intrinsic evaluation of ourselves and figure it out. We have to take the time out. There might be women out there who feel discouraged. Let us suppose that I have successfully managed to find the woman beater in every man I've dated. 
Somehow I keep picking the same deadbeat guy over and over, and I'm not feeling terribly hopeful that this can change. What would you say to a woman in that position? Well, you know, we always go to the extreme and we always say the woman beater. But there are a lot of times we still can pick the wrong guy. He doesn't have, he could be the drug dealer, he could be the cheater, he could be the drinker, he could be the spender, he could be uh, the party goer. I mean, there's so many wrong pickings outside of just the wife beater that could just be wrong for a healthy relationship. So the only way to stop you know, the repeatedness of just picking the wrong individual is to get at yourself and and figure out who you are. Why do you need this type of person in your life? What are your fears? What are you trying to protect yourself from? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just that simple. It really is. You, You always have to know yourself. And so it's really easy to go through life thinking we know exactly who we are and why we do and and think the way we do. But not until you sit down and you address some questions can you really get to the the answer, the heart of who you really are. And when you know who you are, if there are parts about you that continue to attract the wrong individual, then you, you expose those parts and you talk about those parts and you begin to heal those parts in you. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I think it's fair to say, well, this is my opinion and my experience, that you do attract what you reflect. And so, you know, to the extent that you are in an emotionally dysfunctional state, then you will probably attract the most dysfunctional men in your life. And as you heal and you get better, part of, Perhaps the the barometer is you will find that your choices also change, and the men over time get better. They do. They do. Mm -hmm. When you get better, the men you select, the men who are attracted to you, are better. Yes. It's just it's just the way it is. It's just the way it is. it's not about how attractive you are. It's about that energy you put you put out and you release. And and people can can sense that from you. They can sense a confident woman. They can sense a loving woman. They can sense a woman that have wifely characteristics. They feel this. Men are very intelligent. They know who they want in their lives. They know the woman that they're going to propose to. They know the woman that they're going to date. They know the woman that they're just going to have relationships with. Men mm-hmm. know this already before they introduce themselves to you. So you have to release the right energy. The abusive men know the women, the woman that they can approach. I have never had an abusive man to approach me, but I've had other kind of men approach me. So I can relate, and so I had to ask myself, why do you attract that type of man? Mm-hmm. And so when I figure that out about myself, I no longer attract. Well, I'm married now, happily married, but I attracted my husband once I figured me out. And even when I attracted him, I was not completely fixed. I'm never going to be fixed. But all I'm saying is, you know, me transitioning opened me up and got me out of my way and allowed the right people to come into my life. You know, in my experience, most people don't like change. 
It's hard. It may not feel that good, depending on what you're trying to change. And some of our listeners may be worried that it'll take forever to get from where they are to where they want to go. So what would you suggest to a woman in that position? Okay, so they don't like change. All I want to say is that we change for whatever we want to change for. When we want a promotion on the job, they tell us, they give us a structure. You have to do A, B, C, and D. So guess what? We do A, B, and C, A, B, C, and D, even if it's mm-hmm. uncomfortable for us. And the only way you can grow is to change. We can never grow by being exactly who we are this very minute. So I just want to encourage the woman to just say, listen, I am not perfect as I am. I will never be perfect. So I must continue to get in front of that mirror and seek out ways that I can improve myself. And change is just a part of life. But change is good. I am not the same person I was 10 years ago. I'm not the same person I was a year ago. So change is good. Change forward and change upward. Okay. Well, and you know, I would also say that um, to the extent that change is hard, um, not changing sometimes can be harder. So if you don't like the kind of relationships that you have been attracting, continuing to do that then might be even more painful than figuring out how you do things differently so that you can get different results. So let's suppose that I've been working on myself for a while, Maybe I read your book, hopefully. Uh, Maybe I went off and got some psychotherapy to help me identify emotional and mental blocks. And uh, I figured out some things that are standing in the way of my success. The the question I was going to ask you is how do I test drive the new me to see if my efforts are actually working? And I, I, I think part of the answer to that is what you just said, which was, yeah, you're going to see the results in what you attract, yeah? You do, you do. You see, uh, you see, you attract different type of women. You attract different type of men. So, in my case, while when I was going through my transition, I started seeing other opportunities. My coworkers would acknowledge my change. My coworkers would say, "There's something good about you, different about you." I mean, you know, they would they were going to see that shine in you. You're going to have uh, married women. So whatever your goal is, if you're if you're leaning toward that goal and you're making changes in your life. So for me, my goal was to have more wifely characteristics. So I felt good when I had married women coming to me and saying things like, you know, you would really make a great wife someday. And I thought, excuse me? You know, like this feels good. I think <laughs> maybe... You know, no, yeah. So maybe like five years ago would have been a complete insult, but now you know I understood <laughs> that it was complete validation. So you know, the test drive is just simply going through the process because the process is going to be hard. And I talk about how you're going to feel like you're in the wilderness, and you're going to have people that are going to try to keep you in the wilderness, and you're going to have people that are going to try to grab your hand and take you out through and out of the wilderness. 
And so when you begin to change forward, you're going to appreciate those who see that you're trying to get out of the wilderness, and they're going to give you the resources to keep you moving in the right direction. Fair enough. So this actually brings us to the close of our show. Dr. Smith, thank you very much for joining us, and I know you will uh, be paying us a visit again, and uh, we will have another conversation in our two independent series. Thank you, Speedway. It's always great to just have a discussion with you and your listeners. Thank you so much. So, listeners, if you missed the first two of the two independent series, I highly recommend that you check them out on uh, com or com. same thing. The first one was called Miss Too Independent. The second one was called But I Love My Independence. Do you see a theme here? So until next week, this is BYU saying go in peace and stop picking at that speck in your man's eye and see about removing that log in your own. Thank you for joining us on The Speedway Show. Visit thespeedwayshow.com for content and other episodes. Join the fan page at facebook.com slash thespeedwayshow. And follow Speedway on Twitter at the handle The Speedway Show. Until next week, live well, live fully, and love deeply.